You know, every once in a while, people like to ask me, what's going on behind the scenes? What are you doing? How do I get to these all-invite, invite-only, all-access, behind-the-scenes kind of stuff that you sometimes do? So I'm going to take you behind there today. I'm going to take you into the, to the pits, behind the curtain, so to speak. Every year, twice a year, I throw what's called the Thought Summit. I bring some of the biggest, best people that are authors, speakers, coaches, uh, radio hosts, podcast hosts, TV hosts into a meeting where we talk about the business of influence, the business of communicating to you, the executive, about what we do and how we do it, and for them to be a, you know, better at what they do. So every year, the C-Suite Network throws what we call the Thought Summit. So you're going to hear some of the greatest takes from the Thought Summit, what we call keepers. You know, These are real in-depth kind of things that you're going to want to know about. So if you want to influence people, and I don't care whether you're running a business, or you're one of those authors, speakers, you know, thought leaders, this is for you. So listen in as we take you behind the scene at the C-Suite Network Thought Summit. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-Suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Good morning, everybody. Come on. Good morning. That's better. Now you're starting to sound like Baptist. That's good. Somebody pass the plate. Let's go. At least you're not Lutherans, right? Oh, come on. I'm Lutherans. Come on. Lutherans live in constant fear. Sometimes, someplace, someone's having a good time. So, and uh, so it's good. So you know, I, 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 I we got to just, we just got to get you going, right? Give me an amen. amen. That's pretty good. If you, if you, if you name Jitsa, give me, give me an Oyve. Yeah, there we go. All right. Thank you, Jitsa. It was great, Jitsa. I took over Jitsa's show. Can we kill the music? Thanks. Um, we took over Yitzhak's show. Yitzhak had a, a high holiday. On, he, he has a show, primetime show on WABC, top 10 show in New York, unbelievable. And uh, he couldn't do the show because uh, for religious reasons. So I went in and, I, and I, the first thing I said on radio on New York, I said, Lutherans have overtaken this station. And, then we, we, and I said... I said, we've kicked, off, we've, we've kicked the Jewish people out, and so now there's no one left to run anything in New York, and we're in trouble. And I said, and the Lutherans are coming in with a hot dish. So that's what I, that was. That's just funny shit right there, people. That's just good stuff. This is today, and this is what I want to talk to you guys about. This is a behind-the-scenes, behind-the-scenes, okay? This is about us. This is about family. This is about advisors and, and speakers and consultants and trainers and, and our hosts um, about being a real thought leader. This is, this is a group that today that either you're in already or we would like to consider you to be in because you're, we think you could be one of the family because we're building what we think is a great platform. And so today we're going to talk about how to build your business and build our business. This is together. Uh, I want to be very clear about it. Um, we're building something. We'd love to have people be a part of it. If you don't, we get it. You'll get great value out of today. We love that. But this is about building uh, something which I would talk about and I think is the, the world's most trusted 
and you know network of advisors to the C-suite. Now, what does that mean? Now, I will tell you right up front, as I do with everything, I'm brutally, brutally transparent and honest, especially with this group. We are building the plane as we're flying it, without question. But our goal is to provide relevancy. And so the relevancy for you and the relevancy for us. You know, and, and many of you will come to me and talk to me about your business and you'll try to convince me I should be doing it this way or that. I'm doing things for what I need to do. You need to do things for what you need to do. And there's going to be some crossover where it's mutually beneficial. So, but the most important thing is I'm building reach. And I'm building with platforms like our newsletter, 500,000 members now, um, viewership um, on Apple, Roku, Amazon Fire. Uh, some of you flew on United Airlines to get here and you, you saw our television shows on United because we're now the business network on United and soon to be on other airlines as well. Um, we're, we talked to you about the podcast stuff that we're doing. We're at 60 shows. We have a little over four or 500 in the hopper, meaning coming and approaching, trying to get on board as fast as we can. Uh, we'll talk to you about the, the back door of all that, the new platform. We're now starting to add advertising to all the podcasts, so, which, which means you make money, especially if you've got more than 2,500 uh, downloads a month. There's going to be some good things. Um, and then the third thing is in the reciprocity. I want you to gain and we want to gain, and it's a mutually beneficial uh, operation. And, you know, people ask me, so well, why are you charging for this or why you do this or why you do that? Why should I invest more in your business than you're willing to invest in yourself? And that'll be my question to you. So, so we're going to talk about some really great things today that will help you position yourself as a really valuable resource to, to, to provide a conduit for networking and to elevate and differentiate you from the, the rest of the pack. That's what we're trying to do, to put behind you that you're a C-suite network advisor, put behind you that you're you're, a, you're a, um, a host of C-Suite Radio or you're a host of C-Suite TV. Um, we, you know, we're, we're going to have, and I'll show you to this, the schedules, we'll show you everything we're doing today or this year, over 60 meetings. Some of, some of you go to all of them, not almost all of them. All right, I see you everywhere, which is awesome. And, and hopefully you get business. We just finished up two great days of meetings. We had our Hero Club Academy on Monday. Uh, actually, we, we got together on Sunday night. We went to the home of Keith Kroc. Keith is the, uh, is the chairman of DocuSign. Uh, I'm on the board of directors for DocuSign. We just took the company public. Um, and uh, the, as of yesterday, it's worth a little over $10 billion, uh, which is a pretty cool deal to take a company public for that big of money. Um, although my stock doesn't kick in for another over the next two years, but I'm still excited about it, you know. Um, I'm pretty, pretty excited because I was in the room when we drew the plans for what we were going to do eight years ago. And I got the job because I went on their stage. And I was able to leverage that appearance to become on their board of directors, okay? And so this is the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about. And we went to Keith's home how many of there's a few of you that went? Who, who all went? A few of you. You asked these folks what it was like. He bought the former Russian consulate building. Okay? If those walls could talk, right? And uh, he, it's a 50,000 square foot building overlooking the bay. It was an absolutely phenomenal evening. 
And then we spent all day Monday um, as a hero club together. Our biggest crowd ever, a little over 140 CEOs in the room uh, that all belong to the hero club. And then yesterday we did our, our Investors Academy. We had over a billion dollars in the room yesterday uh, that's being given out in funding uh, to companies. And it was, it was great to hear a lot of those CEOs come up to me and said, Jeff, I just got an offer for $2 million. I, five was the biggest I heard yesterday. So pretty good. So we had a lot of those companies pitch. We had a lot of our advisors in the room here who were their coaches. And we put them together and they, they, they did some great. There was some, there was some good pitches and, and a couple of ugly pitches, quite frankly, right? But, but it's amazing to see how even in the ugly ones, how far they actually came from where they were before. That's just the nature of it. There's always that way. So I'm going to talk to you a lot about today about how we can do uh, exclusive content, we can have a broader network of thought, and that how we can have greater reach. Um, I'm not going to be selling you a lot today, but I'm telling you right up front what I want from you, and, what, and I want you to tell me what you want from me, because that's the mutual relevancy between each other, the reciprocity that we have, uh, because I'm going to be transparent with you all the way through, and I hope you're the same with me. Um, so I want to be able to do that today. I've got some great team uh, that's helping us. We've got a, a good share of our team here, about 17 or 18 people uh, that are here to help you so that you have resources. We're going to talk. The first person I'd like to bring out is my, uh, someone that's very close to me, uh, as you can probably imagine, my daughter, Lindsay. Uh, but I don't think of Lindsay as my daughter when we're in business. We have our business hats on when we're in business, and she's my daughter uh, off hours, okay? And because... Uh, how many of you got your kids working in the business? Any of you? It's kind of, it's a unique kind of thing. It's fun. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's fun. And it's also difficult as well. But uh, they make it fun. Both of my children make it fun for me. And they make me richer because of it, both in, both in here and here, uh, but also here, which I like that too. So, Lindsay, would you come up? She's our, give her a round of applause. Good morning. Good morning. Lindsay, Lindsay is the one that's driving all what we call our thought leadership. Now, what's our thought leadership? You want to talk about that? Well, thought leadership, some people call it thought leaders, and now um, it's also called influencers as well. But everyone in the room, we invited you because we consider you experts in your field, and we have to have content also to promote ourselves as a thought leader or influencer. So under our thought leadership, we consider things like the C-Suite Radio, C-Suite TV, the C-Suite Book Club, our bestseller program, mm -hmm. our C-Suite advisors are all part of what we would call thought leadership, okay? And we'll have more thought leadership and as we expand over the time period because we're also going to start including more C-Suite executives. What we're finding is the C-Suite executives want to be like you too, mm -hmm. okay? Because they're realizing how they have to be out in front of the brand. And so we're going to help them a little bit too. But first, we'd rather have the real experts like you showing them how to do it and by doing it by great example. So we've got a lot going on. Lindsay, what's the theme for today? Well, today I call it the juggling act, and I know I've, I've, I've told that to many of you already, and because, you know, as a CEO of your company, you're the, the CEO, the, CEO or the CMO, the CTO, the CIO, the CFO, right? And, and how do you juggle all of that? So we're not only learning how to, to market yourself, but how to sell yourself, um, how to act in the C-suite if you're not already in the C-suite. So 
it's going to be a, a good lineup of, of not only thought leaders, but also executives of big companies. So you plan the agenda for today with the team mm -hmm. and with an advisory board that we've got together. What are the goals that you put forth for today? Today is, is about networking because a lot of our you know, colleagues, I, I, I consider everybody in the room a colleague, so today is about networking and learning and then also hopefully doing business as well. Okay, and then talk about the bestseller insights and some other things that we're gonna be bringing up today. Today we're doing something different that we haven't done before and I'm really excited. So this is actually our fourth thought summit, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Within so a year and a half. And so fourth in a year and a half. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. I would love to see a raise of hands. How many people have been here before for a thought summit? Okay, quite a few. And then how many? How many were the first one? Oh, is that what you're The first one, yeah. See, this is what we do a lot. I, I open my mouth when I shouldn't. Uh, first one. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. In New York. In New York, yeah. How many were at the one before that in September in a secret? The oh, secret yeah, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. A few of you, yeah. Where we had you in a room to ask you what would you want to build and how would you want to build it? Remember that meeting? Have we built it? Yeah. Have we built it, Yitzhak? Yeah. yeah, thank you. Because everybody, we brought a group together after one of our very first, uh, uh, the New York meeting that we had at the New York Times, was it Times Center? Or? I can't the remember what it was. I, uh, micro, or I can't remember, who knows? Who, who gives a shit? <laughs> In September, we, yep. yeah. Yeah, right. who, who gives a shit which building, right? It was a building, it was a big fancy building, right? Yeah, exactly. And so what we did was we brought a bunch of folks in and said, okay, here's our idea. What do you think we should do? And how should we do it? And what would you do? And how would you plan? And how much would you pay? And what would you pay? And you guys told us twice what we said we'd do, if I remember that. Yeah. Yes. So, damn it. Uh, but there you go. Yeah, that's what it is. So. But it's amazing to see how many people are still with us from the beginning, and then yeah. also how many new folks are in the room, and, and that's about growth, right? Yeah. It's, it's wonderful to see all the new faces. So one new thing that we're doing today, we're really trying to grow uh, Bestseller TV, C-Suite TV. Uh, as many of you know, Bestseller TV is one of our uh, five shows that we own. We also have C-Suite Insights, um, which some of you are not familiar with, but that's an interview. Um, with Greg Greenberg, who I'm about to introduce. He's, go he's now our new GM of, of C-Suite TV. We talked him into coming on board uh, from the street. And uh, you might be familiar with the name Jim Kramer. So he worked with him for 13 years and, and helped build his brand. He's also a, a, a TV show host. And so we are giving away, I'm not sure what, what the raffle is, but if you put your business card in, um, the vase, what are we, we're giving away. I don't know, I have no freaking clue what you're doing, that's good. What are you gonna give? Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> we're giving away one, one uh, free interview. To, oh really? To film with us. Uh, either bestseller or insights. Or insights. Okay, so here's the, do you know the difference? No, okay. Bestseller TV, look, I, I came up with bestseller because I saw, when I was at, when I was at Bloomberg as a contributing editor and I had my own show, Authors were trying to get their books into Bloomberg or on the Today Show. I happen to know all those producers. And you know what the people at Bloomberg do with your books? They, that's what they use to prop up their monitors. I kid you not. Or and I have stop. seen some of your books on there, and I saw my own frickin' book under someone's monitor, and I happen to have my own primetime show there, which really pissed me off, okay? And so I said, look, we've got to do something that's different and unique 
because we're not going to be able to get on TV like we used to. And you're going to have to develop your own content. Who cares how you get it, as long as you get it, and you can come and say, look at me, look at me, look at me. Of course, we don't say, look at me, look at me, look at me, but that's what we're trying to get done, right? So we created um, a television show called Best Seller TV, a 14-minute episode, all right? A 12 to 14-minute episode. Why? Why is it 12 to 14? Because I'm going to tell you where we're going here long term. At some point, I said four years ago, we're going to stitch two of those together and have a half-hour show, and we're going to go to the cable companies, and we're going to sell them on a full show, okay? By the way, we just did that. In April, we bought 38 markets, one-hour Sunday primetime TV in 38 different markets, 54 million households. Bestseller, those of you who filmed Bestseller, are now being shown on that show. Get it? Because we knew we would go back and do that. Right. So, so we started thinking about the, how do we do this in TV, real TV time, but it's all digital. So we've got this television show, which is now on .com, Apple, Roku, Amazon Fire, now on Viewed. Most of you don't know what Viewed is. Viewed used to be, uh, Greg, what was Viewed? Opera TV. Opera TV. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Team is always ready. Uh, Greg, come on out here. Nice TV. Yeah, yeah please welcome, welcome Greg. Greg. Welcome, Greg. Give him a round. <laughs> hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I'm more about Greg, but I'm on a roll here, man. Had, I'm going. So um, Opera TV is over on a billion television sets around the world. It's the smart box inside of smart TVs. And so we were the very first content station to do a deal with them. So we're in Finland. We're in, uh, you know, I don't even know what Czechoslovakia is anymore. But we're in that country, and we're in this country, and we're in this country. So your content's being seen there, and it's going to be even more. So we have that. And, and then we have Insights, which uh, Greg's going to be hosting Insights this year for us. And what we do is we have companies that come to us, and they say, I can't a big, huge, billion-dollar company, they say, I can't get the media to cover this. But we just cut a deal with, with Manchester United, and it's a big deal for us, and we want to get it on TV. So we created a TV show called C-Suite Insights, and we do a three-, to five, seven, three five or seven-minute segment on that particular piece of item. So what she's given away is you get either one of those, bestseller or insights. You can talk about your book, or you can talk about what you do as a service, and you're going to film that win. Uh, July 23rd. Okay, so they'll, so they'll pass out, uh, we'll pass something out a little bit later and we'll draw. How's that sound? Okay? Because normally we charge for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Greg, let me introduce a little bit more about hey. Greg. Greg was uh, 13, 13 years? 13 years. 13 years with Jim Cramer Booyah. on the street, the show, The Street, the digital version of Jim's show. And uh, I happened to be on his show. Greg interviewed me uh, numerous times, uh, even about my book. I remember, yeah, yeah a couple times with my books. Um, because we had a really good PR team, they were able to do that, and then we convinced Greg to come on over, and now he's our GM leading it, and we've got a new show that we're actually kicking off next month, right? That's going to be fun. Which is named? Token Business. Token Business, which is a half-hour um, show on cryptocurrency and the blockchain, a weekly wrap-up that we're going to be doing, and we just picked up a major sponsor uh, of that show, and it's the first show of its kind in the marketplace, first show of, of its kind yeah, period uh, on that particular topic. So we're pretty excited about that. And we're also looking to do one on AI, also looking to do one on, on bots as well, yeah. which will be pretty good. And so Greg, Greg is leading that with our team, Allison, who's our producer behind here as well. Um, so you get a chance to meet her. And then Greg is also a motion picture producer. 
He's got his, what's the, the, the movie? So I wrote a movie called Friends and Romans, and it's on Netflix, and it's on iTunes, and it stars a lot of the folks that were in The Sopranos, and it's cute, and you can watch with your kids. And the theme of the movie? So it's about these two guys that were always extras in mob movies, and they could never really get a line, but they wanted to prove they can act. So they staged Julius Caesar at a theater in Staten Island. And a real mobster joins the cast, and a real FBI agent joins the cast, and hilarity ensues. It's very cute. It's very, it's cute. very good, good reviews. You like All it. Right. So, Lindsay, have we left anything out, or have I, you and I left anything out? I, I think we're good for now. So we'll we turn over we'll to have, uh, I'll take it. If you want to turn it, I'll panel. take it. Thanks, yes. good. Wonderful. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So, quick question. Uh, can you raise your hand if you were here yesterday? All right. So I got to use a whole lot of new material today. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. When you're starting a business, so at the very beginning of the adventure, you have to wear a lot of hats. As Lindsay alluded to, you need to wear the CEO hat, you need to wear the CFO hat, the CMO hat. We got guys in the back from Wild West Crypto wearing cowboy hats. Those guys are taking over our party. Um, and as the business progresses, you can hand those hats over. If you're able to delegate, you say, okay, you deal with the accounting, you, you put on this hat, you know, I'm done with it. But until that happens, you know, you have to deal with all that yourself. You have to portray yourself as, as the entire C-suite when you really are the C-suite, you know. You have to try and show that, you know, you're a Goliath when re you really are just David. And, and it's tough. Um, we're going to have a panel right now that's going to explain to you how you can do that, how, to, how you can effortlessly do that. Well, it takes a lot of effort. So joining me on stage, Carol Greco. She's the president and CEO of Greco Associates. Corey Trefoletti, who's the CMO of Voicera. And the man himself, Jeffrey Hazlett, chairman and CEO, and my boss of the C-Suite Network. Come on out. <clears throat> All right. So we're going to start off with Carol. Um, one way that you can do all those jobs when it's really just you behind the curtain, like the Wizard in Oz. I'm going to throw in so many metaphors, it's going to drown you. But um, is to outsource it. So why don't you talk a little bit about what you do at Greco and Associates and, and the idea of outsourcing a lot of those functions. I think of it, I think of it in three ways. I look at it with people, process, and technologies. And when we started, I was looking at how do, we, how do we look at this business? Who do we know? Who can help us? So it was basically what I wanted to make sure that I had the, the people that we work with on a daily basis, all of our strategic partners, make sure we, we can gather them in. Who are the people who can help me get to where I want to go? I also looked at... Um, people to hire. You know, am I hiring people full-time or am I doing 1099s? Am I doing um, part-time people? Um, do I ask my kids to help? Who um, Internships? And I started to think about how can I make this business go as smoothly as possible? And I also wore another hat. I was a mom. <laughs> I had three kids. When I started my business, I started in a basement and I had three kids upstairs with a nanny that I hired who happened to be very, very good and enabled me to run this business. And I had had the mommy hat on. I had to be the COO, the CEO, the CTO. 
And, um, and then I started to think about um, the process. How can I make my day go easier? So I had to make sure that I had everything in place to make sure that I could not have to rethink over and over and over again. And at the time I started my business, the technology that I was working with were I, I needed a good computer, I needed to have the telephone systems working, and I needed to be able to do it fast and efficiently. So it's just basically how much of this work, when you talk about outsourcing, you have to think about how much of the work that you can hand off to your strategic partners to work with you when you're going out to your customers, and, and what do you do when you come back to the office? So and, then, basically. and then Corey, uh, Carol mentioned technology. Now, Voicera has an amazing technology called Eva, mm -hmm. which can do a lot of this outsourcing for you. Why don't you talk about Eva since she's not on the stage? Yeah. Oh, maybe she got, we got a chair for her if she wants to come we'll up. Yeah. Put her on our phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, in our situation, you know, we use Eva. It's an assistant that takes notes for you in meetings and then emails you the notes and makes it easy and simple for you to um, easily activate what happens in a meeting. Because in a lot of times, you're in a meeting and you're distracted because you're sitting there trying to take the notes. You're trying to talk to the person that you're having a conversation with. I'm distracted right now. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, so what we did is we recreated this technology which is supposed to make it easier for you to be present, to be focused in the meeting. So you can actually be more efficient. You can hopefully get more done. You can come up with better problem solving because that's what a lot of a meeting is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a collaborative environment where you're focused on a challenge or a problem with a group of people to come up with a solution or to at least move the ball down, down, the, down the field in some way, shape, or manner. So if you don't have to take the notes and you can feel confident that there's something that's going to be taking them for you and making it so that you all operate off the same foundation, you should be more efficient. Can you talk about how uh, Voicera and Eva came about? Yeah, it came about simply because our CEO, um, who we were all together, our CEO, our head of product, myself, and a few other people, we uh, had a company called Blue Kai, which we sold to Oracle. And then we spent a number of years in Oracle. And one of the things that Omar, our CEO, saw, which is something that aligns with the thing I had also identified at different times in my career, but really successful executives are able to be very focused, very present. And they have this amazing, uh, amazing ability that when you are in the room with them and you're talking to them, that you feel like you are the most important person to them at that moment, whether you actually are or not. In most cases, you're not. When you're sitting and talking to Larry Ellison, I know I'm not the most important person <laughs> in the room. Um, but they have that ability to make you feel like you're important and to be very focused and present. And a lot of the time, it's because they know somebody else is sitting there taking the notes or somebody else is going to make sure that everything that has to get followed up on will be done so accordingly. So we wanted to be able to empower anybody in a meeting to have that same experience, to be focused, to not be distracted, to be very, very present. So, so Jeffrey, uh, I mentioned David and Goliath before. You went from a Goliath as the chief marketing officer at Eastman Kodak. That was a Dow company. And now... You know, we're David here at C-Suite Network. We have, I think, 500,000 names in our databases. We have a newsletter that goes out to over 300,000 people. But it's, it's a far cry from being a Dow Jones company. So how do you uh, recalibrate when you go to a, 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 a meeting and, and you introduce someone and they say, well, you know, you say, I'll have my team take care of that, when that team really is you. There is an I in that team. Right. Right, yeah, I mean, we're, we're back to being entrepreneurs again. I've always been entrepreneurial, yeah, but, you know, like Kodak, look, I was running a $17 billion advertising and marketing budget. $17 billion. I had a secretary who had a secretary, <laughs> I, literally. When I would step out of, and John, you know this, you were an executive, AT&T, Lucent, and some of the others were that like that. I used to step out of a hotel suite, right, at, at a trade show, and I'd be greeted by four people. 
And I knew they would be there when I stepped out. And one of them would hand me my coffee, or at that time Diet Mountain Dew, because that's what I used to drink all the time. <laughs> and uh, somebody had me an egg sandwich. Somebody's reading the schedule, and the other person's already booked into the elevator to hit the button so that the doors would open and be ready for me before I got there. That was what my life was like. I don't have that now as an entrepreneur. <laughs> Do you right? miss that? So, <laughs> my, right? But what, I'm lear what I've learned is, like today, I don't have an assistant. You know, you know that, Greg. I don't have an assistant. We all do it. Well, why? Because there's a, there, I, I, they say that old dogs can't learn new tricks. Man, I'm learning them all the time because of technology, new ways of thinking, and just thinking differently of saying, we're not going to operate like that. How are we going to operate? How can I do this leaner, meaner, and yet be more efficient? You know, I book all my travel today. I book all my stuff because of apps. And because of new things that, that are available that I didn't have before that, that used to suck up all this time, but this great, great benefit. So the first thing I had to do is old dogs learn new tricks. Because I will tell you, after I left Kodak, yeah, I had an assistant, right? And they did all that stuff, and I would send all that stuff. I don't do that anymore. And so, so you get real, real efficient. You get real understanding and start using tools. But it, it's interesting because I still talk to a lot of you, and i got to go through your assistant. Right, right, and you talk about slowing it down. Um, I, I, I resisted using like Acuity, I don't know, you know, which is a scheduling tool. God, I love Acuity. <laughs> and, and, you know, where I just send, I know you're a very busy person in order to take care of you. I'm sending you a link to my schedule. Please pick the most convenient time that's ready for you. I've given you eight different kinds of options so that you can meet. You know, and, and I do that. And now I used to think that would offend people. It doesn't offend people. If it does offend them, I don't want to work with them. Right? So I'm learning things like that that I never looked. And then, you know, when we'll talk, I know more about Voicera because I'm the biggest walking uh, ambassador for Voicera as I am for MD Live, which is a product that Carol and, and her husband have brought to us as well. Uh, I, I, that's what I'm doing. I'm using every one of those. My phone is full of those kinds of things. I want to hear about MD Live, Carol. Well, MD Live, we're a channel partner for MD Live. Um, and that's one of the, you start to think about how you can use the resources that you have. MD Live was a service that we, we became uh, familiar with through, happened to be a friend of ours, and basically it is a most, just like Jeff does, he always comes up on, on stage and goes, you can go on, on your app, you can call your doctor, a doctor, a physician anywhere in, in the United States 24-7, and you can get a prescription for whatever is ailing you. It can't be, it's a non-narcotic prescription. And you, when you sign up, you register with it. It's on your app. You can be in an airport. You can say, I'm, I'm not feeling well. I need to driving to the hotel. You can stop at the Walgreens. You can talk to a doctor at any time. By and video. By, you can do it by video on your phone. Or you can talk to them on the telephone. It doesn't matter, whichever, whichever way you want. You can provide the information when you register with MD Live, they ask you if you want to put in your, your health information. So they have in front of them, it comes up, whatever information you put in the system, so they know who you are. And they also can put that information back into the health record um, once they're finished and it goes back to your primary care physician. And that is a tool that we use because you just don't have time when you're doing all of the different hats. And those of us who are moms too, you understand that if your kid's homesick, and you need to do. You can also do that as well. You can have the people who work for you help you with with your children. So, 
And you, you're also being modest. Her friend she's talking about, John Scully owns the company. So this John, it's yeah, just John Scully. So this is cool. All right, so Corey, you know, the, the, this panel is focused on, on how to look like the C-suite when you are the C-suite. How do you get people at Voicera to visualize themselves in the future as being the giant, as being the whale, when right now you are the minnow? We give them all black vests and Converse sneakers. <laughs> and I do the little black dress. <laughs> no, you know, it's one of those things where you have to see that the, uh, that the product has a future and that it really solves an existing problem. You know, I, I've done a bunch of different startup companies in my career already, and I always look for a couple of different criteria. Is it defensible? Is it easily definable? And does the product you promote have an existing, does the solution you have have an existing problem or is it a solution looking for a problem? And in this case, we have a solution that is clearly designated for a problem, which is how do you make the most out of meetings and how do you uh, provide a service to people to help them be more efficient in their day? Not one person here is gonna say I spend not enough time in meetings and that my meetings are too productive. So it's really clear that there's a problem there that we can solve for. So for everybody on our team, it's just about making that, that, that line down the, at the other end of the tunnel, like understanding what is the goal that we're shooting for. We want to be able to make people be more productive in their day to have just a better overall experience. And then, uh, Carol, talk a little bit about the differences because this is something you do at Greco is there's, there's marketing, there's sales, there, there, there's different parts of an organization. Are they different at all? One of the things, there are a number of different things we do. We're a professional services firm, we're a consultancy. We work with a bunch of, like I said, we have strategic partners that we bring in and out of our, our organization to help us with the various projects and our clients. Um, we have people who work in market research. We have people who are uh, conversant in all different kinds of technology. We have, my background is in staffing. Um, there are a number of, in fact, another Hero Club member that, that I work with that um, is working with me to develop um, a system of matching um, one of the things that I've become involved in is elder care and, and work with the aging. I'm about to launch We Care For. And I'm working with a, an organization that is putting together what I call Match.com for matching um, nursing caregivers for the elderly, um, both at home and in institutions. Um, and it's who you bring in. It's your strategic partners. Um, all throughout the entire um, meeting that we've had here over the last couple of days, everybody's been talking about the people that you bring in, that you work with. And when, whenever we were talking with the VCs and the P uh, guys that were up here, we were talking about when you're a young company, when you're, when you're working with people, they look at you and they look at who your partners are and, and who you are. Um, and that's one of the things that when, when I try to uh, when I know I have a project, I bring in the people that I know who are the best people yeah. to help me get through that. Who, we work with Jeff on, on certain aspects of what we're doing with and the marketing council that we just announced. There are different people that we bring in to do different things, and that's how we... we um, so that's a great point, and it brings back uh, to yesterday, and, and a lot of the VCs were saying, you know, we really judge character. Character is paramount when we make an investment. But once again, the title of this panel is trying to look like the C-suite when you are the C-suite. And if you'll notice, I have a tie. We got a guy who looks like he's in the Coast Guard. We got 
<laughs> we have a lady dressed properly for a business function, and we got a South Dakotan who's got cowboy boots, and he doesn't have a tie. Right? Thanks, thanks, Greg. We're going to so, miss so sponsorship next year. I'm fired after this is over. <laughs> so anyway, so, this, so here's the question. So superficially, Mr. Hazlett, yeah. you know, when someone walks into your office and you want to portray yourself as a Fortune 500 company representative, when you really couldn't even crack the Fortune 5000. Do you want them to, to wear the tie, or do you think no. you know, that the person will figure the, it out? Those days are over. Those days are over. The, day, the, the days of the, the way that we had to be perceived. You, there used to be a sh Quite frankly, I can remember this. But I can remember back. Look, I, I've only, I bought and sold over 250 businesses in my career, over $25 billion in transactions. And every single time after I've done them with all the stuff I've done, I've gone back to being an entrepreneur every single time. And, and it used to be a time when I was... I was ashamed of working out of my home. Now I'm very proud. I want to work out of my home, right? And it's okay to do that, right? It is. And so, and what's cool is you can be a C-suite of one and look like a C-suite of a freaking thousand, okay? The, the key is to do it the way you want to do it first, all right? So figure out what your own conditions of satisfaction are. And once you have those, that it's good for you, what do you give a rat's ass what somebody thinks you look like or are or how you operate because you're going to operate now? Could you be more successful sometimes? Yeah. Like your Mark Zuckerberg, I don't think you want to show up into Wall Street in a hoodie and a T-shirt. Well, before Congress. Did. Before Congress, well, he would have tied. Exactly. Well, <laughs> he should have. You know, so he got good imaging control on that. Man. But, but my point is, you, you, you can do whatever you want to do the way you want to do it, right? But that doesn't mean it doesn't have consequences, right? So, you know, um, I, again, I want to just reiterate, I think the most important thing is to be able to find the tools, okay? But more importantly than find the tools is use the damn things, right? Because once you start utilizing these tools and incorporating them into it, it makes you much more efficient in what you do, and you find the time to do the things that you really need to do which is either do the work that you get paid for or selling or marketing of the work that you get paid for. And to me, those are the most important things I think we have as a C-suite that those of us are in the room where we have to wear all of those hats, okay? And then, out, and then I'm a real believer in now outsourcing anything else, okay? I mean, so, you know, like by bookkeeping, my CFO service, all those kind of things, go find the most competent people. Now, we're going to do our best to bring you those kinds of people, but, but to find those and have that so that I can do it. And then figure out then the most important things is how to grow my community, how to grow my business. Because if I can grow the more people I can talk to and get, you know, more targets into a room, you know, you know that we're all doing together, that's the most, to me, that's what I want to spend all my time doing. I want you folks to think of questions. I'm going to ask one more question to Corey so you guys can think of questions. Um, so I'm a New Yorker, as these guys know for sure by now. So the, you're an East Coast guy as well, but now it seems like you're a transplanted. You're, you're here in, in San Francisco, and it seems like there's always a gold rush going on right. here. And there's a tremendous swagger, and there's a tremendous confidence when you speak to people that even if it's, it's a startup, it, you know, we're going to be that giant one day. We may be Fortune 5,000 now. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be Dow soon. Um, how do you reinforce that within the company? Uh, and how do you make sure that someone's also in it for the right reasons? Because a lot of times people join up because uh, they want the stock options in, in the hot voice era because this company is right. going some places. How do you make sure that one, the confidence is there, and the other one is how do you make sure that it's real? 
It's a hard question to answer. It's kind of, there's something I want to say of what you were just saying. I think it's tied to that because I know that you know, throughout my career, I've usually been, up until probably now, I usually was like one of the youngest people in the room. Um, now I'm kind of in the middle. And I think that there's two components that you need to be successful. And it doesn't really necessarily matter what you wear. I do wear a tie sometimes just for, just for the fun of it. But the, uh, the concept of knowledge and also uh, presence. Like the more present you are in a conversation and the more you can clearly and succinctly state the knowledge that you have without dipping into arrogance, being respectful to the other people, but presenting your point of view in a very calm, succinct manner, I think that is the kind of thing that most C-level executives are really, really good at. In some cases, they were trained. I know a lot of people have gone through very professional training to get to that point. I also know some people that at 25, they just had it. They right. just had the ability to be confident in what they were saying. They had the ability to portray themselves in a very clear, succinct manner. And they didn't, they didn't get stuck on words. They didn't get confused with someone else throwing other information at them. They were always very clear as to what was the value they wanted to offer. I think that kind of a, uh, characteristic of a person is the same characteristic we look at in people that we want to hire. We want them to be very knowledgeable at what they have to offer. We want them to have some level of experience. And we want them to be confident but not arrogant about it. Because I hate working with arrogant people. I left uh, you know, a really, really good job because of egos. And I find that ego is literally the root of all evil in the world. And it can happen so in work, mm -hmm. and it can happen so in a personal environment. As long as you get to a point where your ego is making those decisions and not an intelligent, conversational point of view, you get in trouble. So to really get back to your question, I think we look for people who have that the knowledge, they have a presence, they have a level of experience, and they do not have an arrogance, and they do not have an ego that gets in the way. I love it. Question, I think we have time for one or two. Uh, yeah, hi, J.S. Gilbert, and uh, this is terrific. Uh, so soon in the day. Grab that mic, will you? Oh, thanks. Uh, so here's my question. Um, for most of us that are wearing many, many, many hats and more every day, how do we deal with the elevator pitch, or especially a place like uh, the internet, social media, where it's very difficult to, to portray yourself, uh, you know, and we can sit here for an hour and talk about what we do. How do you go about presenting yourself to strangers or people that you encounter? You want me to do that one, or do you guys want to take it? It's up to you. Well, I can say okay. one thing is that. Corey, you're, the, you're, you're a CMO. Yeah, I, I would say that. The, the role of marketing, its whole job is to reduce the friction between your brand and the consumer. And if that brand is you or that brand is a product and a service that you, that you sell, you're constantly going to be work, working on it and constantly refining it. But I think you always want to have the very simple three-sentence version of it in the background that you can clearly and succinctly give to somebody. Actually, uh, one of my mentors was the former CMO for um, Del Monte Foods and for Taco Bell and for a couple other places. And he always had this thing where he said, can you tell me what what is the value you offer in three sentences? And then we would give it to him. And he'd say, okay, now tell me in two sentences. And then we'd get down to one sentence, and then get down to five words. And he tried to get you down to the essence of what you were trying to offer with one word, which is not necessarily applicable, but it's an it's a exercise to go through. And I think you just constantly have to know that you're going to be refining it and that you want to figure out how to keep it simple so that if it's simple, you reduce that friction of understanding, and you can also distribute that story along multiple channels. The more complicated it is, the more difficult it is to take that story and have it match no matter what channel you're on. But how do you make it fascinating? 
you got to really understand the people you're talking to. You got to understand simply what is the problem that you solve and how important is that problem to them. By being, um, by being fascinating. Well, you know, what I was going to say is to piggyback on what Corey said, it's been drilled into my head three things. One of the exercises on this new business that I'm about to launch is I sat down with a, on, on Word and I went through, I took my mission statement, which was a page, and I kept going, reiterating, reiterating, reiterating. I had like, and I kept it, I just kept it on the page. I said, okay, how can I reduce it further, further, further? And it's just, it, it's just until I got down to like three key things, and I said, that's it, that's it. And it, sometimes that's all it takes, and, it's, and, and I often say that that's the hardest part, is making something simple. It's hard and even I get tongue-tied. I mean, you've got, you're the CMO, my husband is great, he'll get up there, and, and Jeff is, is the king of it. You have all the, onward, and then most of us will sit there and go, blah, blah, you know. But it's, it's practicing and keep doing it over and over and over, and I'm preaching to the, to the choir to get it down to those three, three succinct points. It's like the and, guy in Utah, right? We had a lot of people from Utah here. Didn't the guy say, this is the place? Right? Well, so I know what I'm talking about. A brand, a, so a brand, what's the essence of a brand? A brand used to be something that we always put occasionally on a horse and always put on a cow. That's where the word brand came from. And so if you think about the word brand, it was the identification on the side of bovine. But if you, if you took that to the next thing, it became our logos. It became it. That's not a brand. A brand is a promise delivered. So what is the promise that you're going to deliver? And that, that's the essence. So take it back and start peeling back the essence. For all of you in this room, for me and on the stage, all of us, sell you, you sell this company. Sell the company, you sell you. We're an extension of our brand. You know, we're going to have Marco up here in a little bit. We're going to show you what I'm doing today. What I'm doing now is using me to build a bigger community and brand, and I'm using that as a, as a way to get it done. Do I want to be that? No, but I know that's the vehicle I have to use for a while. So what can I do to be unique, different, and distinct? You know, I, I look at my, my good friends back in the back, you know, Drew and team on the, on the Crypto Cowboys. Th they're freaking nuts, <laughs> right? But they're in essence, I can tell them exactly who they are. Wild West, right? Wild West Crypto Show, man. You know who they are, the essence of what it is. Whether that's going to stick, that, they got to make that, they got to be good at what they do, or they'll just be seen as two wild, crazy cowboys from Dallas. So, so you have to really essence, get it to the essence of what you want to do. So, in the end, I said to be fascinating, you got to be freaking fascinating. You want to be good on stage, you got to be fucking good on stage. If you want to be good on TV, you got to be good on TV. And and to do that, it, it takes work. It takes practice. It mm -hmm. takes, just as these two people said, the refinement of the message and refinement of the message and refinement. Many of you have known me. Where's Tony Alessandro? Tony's in this room, right? He was, all right? I, I've been a member of NSA since 1983. I joined National Speaker Association when I was 23 years old and, and been doing this business. And if you've known me over these decades, you know I have reinvented myself a few times. All right? And that's what you got to do. And can I add to that? It's yeah. really hard to be simple, and it's really hard to be fascinating. Yeah. 
that's why market marketing and creative development, it's not rocket science, but it's extremely difficult. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is I've never heard somebody on stage say, I've been part of the NSA for 20 years, because it usually has a different meaning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, well, last word. What I want to say is you can have all the, you can have your brand, you can have your, your salespeople going out there and, and doing all the arm waving and selling your product, but because I'm the COO, I'm the person, I have that hat on, I go, okay, now that what you've sold and we've got the brand, we have the product, you have to be able to deliver it. So you really have to go back to your process, you have to go back to your technology, and, and it comes all around again, and the people that you hire. So it's, it's all those, if you remember those three things, and you keep refining, and, and you're going to make mistakes, but you want to make sure that you, uh, my husband has pounded into me, you got to keep measuring, 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 and you just cut once. Yeah. You know, you just, you got to slow down, not make the mistakes, and, and because you just don't have time. Yeah, but you got to make them. Yeah. Well, you, no, you're going to make them, but they, they, they're <clears throat> more costly take when another, it's... Take another, take another, take another question. Yeah. Hi, Jeffrey and the crew. I'm Jared with Brickhouse Media. I wanted to give a couple of tips to the gentleman earlier. We shoot a lot of video for clients who've never been on video. And we say you have to be entertaining, educational, or inspirational with an underpinning of authenticity with value given at every step in the game. But don't feel like you have to be the person on the camera all the time. You can use voiceover. You can use animation. It doesn't have to be your face on camera all the time. You can use voice actors. So don't feel like you have to be that face in your videos, in your marketing. You can use all these other technologies now that's affordable and easy and not hard to do. So as long as you have the expertise, and the authenticity, and the value. The other thing I'm going to say, Jared, and yeah. don't, the other thing, if you start doing this kind of stuff, don't overanalyze it. Don't, don't, look, don't, don't, don't sweat that stuff about that, right? You're going, what I mean is you're going to make mistakes. Now, whether you're doing it for yourself or you're going to, use this person or outsource this or outsource You're not going to do it right. That's the nature of the game. But sometimes even in that stuff, we overanalyze our brand. We overanalyze our stuff. Just get the damn thing out first, okay? Then switch it, then switch it, then switch it. You know, I, when I left Kodak, everybody back in the industry told me I had to have a sizzle reel when I got back in it. Bullshit. Don't need a sizzle reel. If you know how, if you're good, sell it. Get on the phone. You know, make calls, do whatever you, there's lots of different ways to do different things. So there's no, there's no, you know, make it work for you. That's the biggest thing I was going to say. Make it work for you. I like it. All right, we're going to wrap up the panel. Let's give them a hand. All right. Thank you. About becoming your own boss, just like you become your own brand. I'm talking about owning a franchise from the folks at Liberty Tax. I want you to be able to give Liberty Tax Service a call because with more than 20 years of business in the business of taxes and franchising, Liberty can help give you the flexibility you need and put you on the road to owning your own business. I love these guys. So reach out to LibertyTaxFranchise.com or let me know and I'll personally introduce you to the CEO, chairman of the board and or a couple of other people over there because they're good friends of mine. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett brought to you by C-Suite Radio. A podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.